It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Welcome to everyone in the audience. Uh, Thank you for your continued participation. God bless you all. I want to continue my case against Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. In my mind, there are at least eight major criticisms of Darwin's theory. First, the irreducible complexity of the cell. Second, the information in the DNA molecule. Third, the weakness of the foundation of naturalism. Fourth, the opposing record of fossils and the Cambrian explosion. Fifth, the paucity of transitional intermediary species, the requirement of new DNA information for new species from lower species. Sixth, the violation of the second law of thermodynamics. And seventh, the lack of evidence for natural selection. As Dutch botanist Hugo de Vries wrote in 1904, quotes, natural selection may explain the survival of the fittest, but it cannot explain the arrival of the fittest. Other lists appear in Icons of Evolution by Jonathan Wells, and in The Comprehensive Guide to Science and Faith, edited by William Dimsky, Casey Luskin, and Joseph M. Holden. I have already presented Michael Behe's concept of irreducible complexity of the cell as evidence against Darwin's idea of gradualism. Information in the DNA molecule confirms and corroborates the idea God is the author of life rather than confirming Darwinism. Naturalism is the foundation behind Darwinism. But if naturalism is true, then why should we trust reason? Since we all do trust reason, then that casts doubts about the truth of naturalism and suggest it is self-defeating. The fossil record produces a love-hate relationship for evolutionists. It is at once the chief cause of their theories and the chief liability to those same theories. For example, Darwin was well aware that the evidence of the fossil record created problems with his theory when he published Origin of Species in 1859. But he anticipated that future generations of paleontologists 
would eventually clear up these problems. Darwin knew that the Cambrian explosion went against his hypothesized tree of life. That concept consisted of a single tree with a trunk leading from a primordial organism or common ancestors, and the tips of branches represent living varieties. All the transitional fossils are represented by the various branching points of the tree. Grand-scale evolution, where fish are becoming amphibians, for example, occurs at the branch connections. But this is where the problem really lies, for these are exactly the points at which the fossil evidence breaks down. Darwin expected that the tree would gradually become broader as this hypothesized process of new species repeatedly happened. We've all seen trees of life in biology books representing what I have been describing. But if we were to blink out everywhere on the tree where there were no direct supporting evidence, there is not much of the tree remaining. That's a problem for Darwinianism and for the biology textbooks. But about 600 million years ago, the Cambrian explosion produced an astonishing number of novel biological structures that came on the scene almost at once and not gradually. This event contained approximately 98% of the species throughout all history. Where there should be evolution, there is stasis instead. Stasis is the term paleontologist Stephen Jay Gould and Niles Eldridge used to explain the fact that fossils in the Cambrian explosion showed that most species were stable in that they entered the scene fully formed and then departed unchanged. Gould and Eldridge introduced a new theory of evolution they called punctuated equilibrium that gives a reasonable account of the fossil record and allows events like the Cambrian explosion. But many Darwinists are reminded of what they view as creationists' arguments. Will the divide between the advocates of punctuated equilibrium and Darwinist be resolved anytime soon? I don't know, and it's not my problem. It is theirs. The fact is, more than 150 years of additional fossil collecting has only made the problem worse for Darwin. A team of paleontologists in 1991 concluded that the Cambrian explosion, quotes, was even more abrupt and extensive than previously envisioned, end quotes. The team is mentioned in chapter 26 of the book edited by Dembski, Luskin, and Holden. So the Cambrian explosion really is evidence against gradualism and violates Darwin's concept of the tree of life. Instead of a slowly expanding single tree with no leaps, 
as Darwin hypothesized, the Cambrian explosion shows there was a sudden giant leap of a multitude of cane poles, each starting from an organism and never producing a new species. This was contrary to Darwin's hope, and he had no solution to get around this situation. In the last episode of this program, I quoted Darwin saying that the fossil record, quotes, perhaps, is the most obvious and gravest objection which can be urged against my theory, end quotes. Darwin admitted that if his theory were true, then the fossil records should show intermediate transitions of one species into the, another. That's his macroevolutionary claim. At the time of writing Origin of Species, Darwin suggested no such intermediaries had been discovered. Darwin hoped, however, that one day they would be discovered. He added, He who rejects these views on the nature of the geological record will rightly reject my whole theory. We should honor Darwin for his honesty here. For any theory... There may be many things that confirm a theory, but only one thing against that theory means the theory should be rejected. So, if the fossils don't confirm Darwin's theory, then the theory should be rejected. Still the question remains, have fossil discoveries since Darwin's day confirmed his theory? In 1977, the renowned paleontologist Stephen Jay Gould wrote an article entitled Evolution's Erratic Pace in Natural History. In advocating his and Niles Eldridge's theory of punctuated equilibrium, Gould wrote what he called the trade secret of paleontology which was the extreme rarity of transitional forms. In 1979, in an article entitled Conflicts Between Darwin and Paleontology in Field Museum Bulletin, David Raup, the curator of the Museum of Natural History in Chicago, answered, we are now about 120 years after Darwin, and knowledge has been greatly expanded. Ironically, we have even fewer examples of evolutionary transition than we had in Darwin's time. Philip Johnson, graduate of Harvard and the University of Chicago, a law clerk for Chief Justice Earl Warren, and professor of criminal law at the University of California, wrote in a 1990 article, Evolution as Dogma, in Foundation for Thought and Ethics. He said, Leading contemporary paleontologists such as David Raup and Niles Eldridge say the fossil problem is as serious now as it was then to Darwin. 
despite the most determined efforts of scientists to find the missing links. Johnson gives the same type of opposition in his 1997 book, Defeating Darwinism by Opening Minds. In the 2006 book, Answering the Objections of Atheists, Agnostics, and Skeptics, Ron Rhodes is still pointing out the weaknesses of Darwinism. So history since the publication of Our Origin of Species has not improved for Darwin's case. Nevertheless, every so often, news outlets irresponsibly report the sensational claim that someone somewhere has finally found the missing link of intermediates. Such reports give people the false impression that science has at long last discovered the fossilized remains of some intermediate form and brings about the evolutionist's hope of confirming Darwin's theory. But despite this redundant sensational media claim, no missing link has ever been found. It is still missing. Along the way, Evolutionists have been guilty of making some colossal false claims. For example, there were media claims that ape-to-men fossils have been discovered. The most famous discoveries were assigned names. Let me briefly review the cases of the so-called ape-to-human fossils. The Neanderthal man fossil was eventually recategorized as a human and not a transition from ape to man. Java man experts now consider this discovery of a fossil actually was an arboreal ape that bears no relation to humans. The Piltdown man fossil, discovered in Piltdown, England in 1912, too was assumed to be a transitional intermediary. Such esteemed scholars as Dr. Arthur Smith Woodward, paleontologist at the British Museum, and Dr. Henry Fairfield Osborne, paleontologist of the American Museum of Natural History, were fully convinced of the validity and significance of this ape-to-man discovery. Unfortunately, the evolutionists, and, the, and to the embarrassment of Woodward and Osborne, Piltdown Man was a colossal hoax. It turned out to be a monkey. Nebraska Man turned out to be a pig. Lucy apparently was a chimpanzee. What is highly disturbing is that Piltdown Man was first discovered in 1912, but was not exposed as a fraud until 1953, almost four decades later. Some observers were understandably baffled at the apparent ineptness of the scientists involved. Perhaps their zeal to confirm Darwin overwhelmed their ability to be objective. The Piltdown fraud is not the only case of deceitful attempts to lead the public astray. 
In an article entitled Time Magazine's New Ape to Man in Creation Matters, Volume 6 in 2001, the author and researcher James Perloff warns, quotes, those who think such mistakes no longer occur need only consider the case of Archaeoraptor promoted in a 10-page color spread in the November 1999 National Geographic magazine as the true missing link between dinosaurs and birds. The fossil was displayed at National Geographic's Explorers Hall and viewed by over 100,000 people. However, it turned out to be a fake. Someone had simply glued together fragments of bird and dinosaur fossils. End quote. Evolutionists surely know these evidences of failed transitional intermediate forms are negative evidences against Darwin's theory and positive evidences for the contrary conclusion. If there are no convincing transitional fossils, we should follow Darwin's advice and reject his theory of evolution. But even if there are a small number of transitional forms, that is just confirmatory examples. But one definite contrary example should cause us to reject his theory. That is clear in irreducible complexity and the Cambrian explosion. I close this episode by reminding you, exercise daily, walk with God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.